Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here, digging deeper jazz video series. This is video number nine, In or Out. As usual, these videos are for all instruments. Today we're talking about improvisation, of course, and um, I want to talk about a way to rethink our relationship with scales. Now, if you saw video number two in this series, uh, you know it's called Scales Suck. And so maybe you know a little bit now about my relationship with scales. Here's full di disclosure. I constantly practice scales. I use them all the time for many, many things, uh, including technique and fluidity and evenness of playing the horn and everything else. But for improvising, I think that scales may not be the best way to go for everybody all the time. Yet that's what we spend so much time talking about. So that's one of the things I want to uh, dig into today. By the way, the next video, number 10, is gonna take the information from today and expand it into an amazingly cool place. We're really gonna be talking about how to think like an artist, not like somebody who's searching, like hoping dearly to find the next correct note. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally artistic playing and how we can use what we find out today to achieve that. So you're gonna to wanna to turn in, uh, tune in to video number 10 coming up. All right, so as usual, I wanna thank Gonzalez Reeds. I've been playing Gonzalez Reeds on uh, my saxophones for like three or four years. They're a great sponsor of these videos, so thank you very much to them. Um, and by the way, please do hit the subscribe button if you aren't already subscribed to this series. We have a bunch of great stuff coming, so uh, thank you for subscribing on YouTube here. So uh, one cool thing that's sort of going on with me right now is I'm getting ready for Maryland Summer Jazz. This is an adult jazz workshop that happens here in the Washington, D.C. area where I live. And I've been the artistic director for 14 years, and I love it so much because it's a place for adult musicians, like many of you out there, to get together and play. And that's such a hard thing to find when you're somebody who's just sort of playing on the side, playing for the love of it, playing for the fun of it and to find a place to do this. It's so rewarding, and it's really one of the top uh, jazz workshops in the world that's dedicated to adults. So we actually have a handful of spots open for this July. If you happen to be hearing this and are interested, check it out, marylandsummerjazz.com. Consider it for next year, though. We have people come from all over the world, and uh, more and more this thing books up very quickly. So consider Maryland Summer Jazz. It is totally a blast, and it's really what I'm all about, is finding you know, a community, a way for us all to connect and play and study this great music together. So there we go. Um, so let's dig into our topic for today. Um, if you've seen any of the videos that I do, you know that I am all about clarity as we talk about jazz. Um, so many of my good friends, my peers, my buddies, when I hear them talk about jazz, I want to choke them because someone will ask them a question and the first thing out of the mouth is like, well, there's no right or wrong. And so you could do this or you could do that, but actually, and, and so it gets into this 20 minute gray zone thing where at the end of it, the student has, their head has exploded because like they were worried to begin with. Well, now they want to quit because it's 50 times worse than they thought. That's not helpful. That drives me nuts. Now, yes, this is art. Yes, we can't codify everything into neat little boxes. Um, we can, though. We can do that. And now, perhaps it does a little disservice. Perhaps we need to expand those boxes down the road. I'm here to tell you, let's put things into two or three distinct boxes and start from there. Then we can talk about the 10,000 shades of gray between this and that. So, 
you know that that's the way I like to teach. That's got me and a lot of my students way down the road as opposed to muddying the waters at every chance, right? So that's what I want to do today. So what I want to do is dig into, let's use this, the C concert Dorian scale, the Dorian minor scale, one, two, flat, three, four, five, six, flat, seven, eight, the Dorian scale. C concert, I'll be playing a D on the tenor saxophone. And now, Scales suck because that organization of notes is, there's not a lot of information in there. Just like the alphabet doesn't contain a lot of information. D isn't the fourth best letter because it, it comes forth, right? There's no order of the letters or their importance or when they were invented or any of that, right? So it's not a helpful thing. So in a lot of ways, scales are not helpful. Is the last note of a scale, the seventh, the dead last note you should ever play? No, it's actually quite an important note, right? But so if we just sort of go with the way a lot of people teach or what we read in books, we wouldn't get there. So here's what I want to do. Here's the assignment for you. I'm going to challenge you with all scales, but let's start with the Dorian scale today. I want you to come up with your version of the C Dorian scale or any Dorian scale, the key doesn't matter, from the most in to the most out, in and out. Those, those were, we could also call that consonant and dissonant. We could call it bland and spicy. We could call it, you know, dim to bright. Whatever you, whatever words work for you, right? So in C Dorian or in any Dorian, what do you think is the blandest note? The least challenging to our ear. What are you thinking? Now here's the thing. I don't have time for you to go to the piano and figure it out for yourself. I'm going to tell you what... I think, but I do want you to do this for yourself, okay? Here's the thing, uh, people will come up with some different answers and I love that. That's where this gets to be a bit like art, right? Is this red brighter or darker than this green? Well, that's pretty subjective, right? Especially to a colorblind guy like me. But um, so different artists will value colors or shades or textures differently. And that's what makes for different art. That's awesome. So I really do need you to do this exercise for yourself because I'm hoping that you'll come up with something different than me, which will lead us to sound different. So I'm going to go on record as saying for me, the most consonant note is the, the root, note number one, in this case, C, right? Um, I'm going to go on record as saying for me, the note that's next most bland Pretty bland, but not as bland as the root would be the fifth. Now, the root and the fifth don't really give us a lot of information about the chord, interestingly. I mean, of course, C is the root of a C chord, but it doesn't tell us anything about the quality or the flavor, right? The fifth, same thing. It doesn't give us any information about quality or flavor, really. So, for me, C, or let's call it the root first, then the fifth. Now, what is the third note? I spent some time like really sitting and playing chords and playing notes against them. For me, it's the third. Okay, so for me, that note starts defining if something is major or minor. So there's actually some information in that note. So there's a little more going on there than with the root. So that's why I think the third has more juice, more spice than the root. So I would go root, fifth, third. What do you think comes next? For me, it's the seventh in a Dorian scale. Here's the thing, in other scales, other chords, it may be different. This is just for Dorian, right? So root, fifth, third, seventh is where I'm gonna start from. 
So those will be the first four notes. So let's do this. I'm just going to play, put on a little play along here, just cranking out some C uh, Dorian, and I'm going to play those four notes against them, and just kind of see what you think, whether you know whether you can hear what I'm talking about. <laughs> on the screen so you could sort of hear what's going on. And I didn't mean that to sound like a solo or anything like that. I was just trying to play them. It's great to sit at a keyboard or get a play along going and play those notes and really, like you may have to play that note for five minutes to decide which one should come next, okay? So for me, um, that's the order. Root, fifth, third, then seventh. I can imagine someone disagreeing with me and saying, I don't know, I think the seventh is more consonant than the third. Great, fine by me. I disagree, but it's fine by me. Um, so now ask yourself, those four notes, uh, do they have, a, like that pile of notes, we piled up four notes to begin with. Uh, are those, do they have anything in common? Is there anything about those notes that we could say? Um, yeah, they're called chord tones, <laughs> one, three, five, seven. Uh, so that's interesting. So maybe you knew right off the bat that that was gonna be the case. The chord tones happen to be more consonant or the comping and the bass line happen to be around chord tone. So maybe this isn't surprising, but I love this because you had to discover that on your own. Maybe you could see that coming, you know, the end of that movie coming, you know, from a million miles away or not. Um, but I love that you discovered for yourself that chord tones have a consonance, but not all four chord tones are equal. They're all four on this spectrum or this hierarchy of inside to outside are different. That's huge, that's a big deal. That knowledge, maybe you didn't have that knowledge five minutes ago. This is cool, right? So there's three notes left, and those are the in-between notes. If we have the root, third, fifth, seventh, there's three notes left, the ones that go in between, the non-chord tones, the upper extensions. Maybe we would call them the ninth, also called the second, the eleventh, also called the fourth, or the thirteenth, also called the sixth, right? So now, which do you think comes next? So I'll tell you, for me, um, the next note, the next most inside note or less challenging outside note would be the ninth. No, you know what? I disagree. I think the 11th is more consonant for me. So I'm going to go root, fifth, third, seventh. Then I'm going to say the 11th or the fourth is next inside. Because I think the ninth has a little more juice to it, to me, than the eleventh. So the ninth is the second most outside note. And for me, in that diatonic scale of a C Dorian scale, the thirteenth, or the sixth scale degree, kind of has the most energy to it. Okay? So let me play each of those notes in order. And so now for me, this order of notes, it's going to sound kind of random, right? But to me, this is going from inside to outside. Again, it's not going to sound like, uh, you know, any sort of decent solo or anything like that. But just so we can hear these notes.
So now that C Dorian scale, remember the scale suck part? So the scale was just something we would rattle up and down. Our fingers know those adjacent notes. There's a pattern on the guitar or bass. It's a finger ripple on the saxophone or the trumpet. Uh, but now we've dug so much deeper into that one sound and we have a personal relationship. We know which note does what. It's like we go to a spice rack and we know that salt and pepper are pretty different, right? Uh, we know that sugar and curry are pretty different, right? So we've decided that. But when you were a little kid, when you didn't know that stuff, you might just take one of those containers and who knows what you're gonna get, right? That's how a lot of us improvise. We're pushing buttons and we're gonna see what we're gonna get. So I'm suggesting let's get past that. So I want you to do this hierarchy for yourself. I would love for you to come up with answers different than mine. So here's the thing, then there's all the other tonalities. Will this take you 10 minutes? Will it take you an evening? Will it take you a week? Doesn't matter to me. This is huge information, right? And then perhaps you'll do it with a major scale and a Lydian scale and a half hole diminished scale, whatever. Um, is this gonna take a while? Yeah, but is it gonna take six months? Probably not. So digging this deeply, this is one of the most important things you can do. And so now whatever chord comes across the music that you're handed, you know how every note works with and against that chord. This is some of the best work you can do. So, as I said, the next video, number 10, we're gonna dig into how to be an artist with this information. So this will be pretty slick. So, I appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, this is In and Out, uh, video number nine. Please subscribe to these videos. Please recommend these to your friends. My, I, you know, my whole wish is just to get some good information out there to assemble a community musicians and adult amateurs and jazz pros who want to do this stuff right and you know communicate with each other and have a good time so thank you so much for tuning in it's fabulous to have you there and uh, we will see you again next time thanks